Thank you very much, Pastor Sunny. Uh, deeply appreciate your kind words. Uh, Pastor Abraham, thank you for welcoming me to come and share uh, God's word this morning with you. I would like to wish all of you a blessed Resurrection Sunday. This morning, I'd like you to turn in God's word to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1 to 14. Matthew 28, verse 1 to 14. It will be projected, so you will be able to read along. And may I request Asha to please read today's text. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 14. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The, angels, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. May God bless the word. Thank you very much. I've entitled this message as Come and See, Go and Tell. I've taken the title from the text itself. If you look at Matthew 28, verse 6, the words of the angel, Come and See. And then in verse 7, Go and tell. I find it fascinating that the angel had these words to say. Come and see. I want you to picture that first resurrection Sunday. It was early morning. It was dawn. And they were a group of young women heading to that tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. The mood is very somber. They are discussing among themselves, how do we remove the stone? And they come with this deep sorrow in their heart. The Lord whom they loved and worshipped and followed, he was brutally crucified. And as they come to that tomb, they are shocked to see what they witness. An angel sitting on top of a large stone 
with these words, come and see. Let me focus on that for a few moments. I find that expression powerful. Come and see. I don't know about you. If you have ever witnessed a magic show. If you ever sat through one of these magic shows where people used the slate of hands, used light, sound, mirrors, illusion, one of the things that they will never say to you is come and see. In fact, if you were ever to ask them, can you please show me how you did that trick? The last thing they will say is come and see. They do it once. Those who see it, see it. And that's where it ends. But on this Resurrection Sunday, the angel clearly declares, come and see. I find that phrase powerful. Take a look at the evidence. You can look for yourself. The evidence is there for you to investigate. This is not an empty claim or superstition. This is not the slate of hands. Do you know something? God still invites us to come and see. Let me take your attention to a few events that happened right after Jesus died. The Bible says in John 19, verse 39 and 40, I won't turn to it. You can look it up later. The Bible says that they embalmed the body of Jesus with about 75 pounds, close to 34 kilos of spices. If you know the Middle Eastern way of embalming, you know that this was a very elaborate and intricate process. This was not done hastily. It was done very carefully. When you look at the resurrection of Lazarus, you know that he comes out from that tomb bound in that cloth that was put around him. The Lord Jesus' body was also embalmed in a very meticulous way. The Bible then says that he was laid in a sepulcher where no man had ever been laid before. The tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea. Jesus' body was laid and the Bible says that a large stone was rolled onto the mouth of that sepulcher. Now this is before machines were used. This was done manually. A groove would be cut. The stone would be rolled. And finally it would slam into the mouth of that cave. When you look at Matthew 27 and verse 66. The Bible says that a Roman seal or insignia was put on this tomb. What was the significance of the Roman seal? When the Romans took charge of a property 
or when the Romans took over something, when they placed their seal on it, it was to your peril with a death penalty that you would dare touch anything that had the Roman seal on it. You wouldn't dare come close to anything that had been taken over by the Roman government. The consequences of doing that would be severe and they would be punished publicly. The Bible says the Roman seal was put upon this tomb. And I find this part the most interesting. You have seen guard of honor for dignitaries. The Bible says that they placed a group of soldiers to guard this tomb. They were afraid because of the claims that Jesus had made that he would rise again. And they wanted to make sure that nobody would take the body of Jesus and then make the claim that Jesus has risen from the dead. To make it a foolproof plan, they placed soldiers to guard a dead body for the very first time. But the Bible says on that resurrection Sunday, the embalming could not hinder the resurrection. The stone in the mouth of the cave could not stand in the way of the resurrection. The Roman soldiers could not stop the resurrection. The, the Roman insignia had no power on the body of Jesus. The author of life could not be shut in a grave. The spirit of God that hovered over creation at the beginning came upon Jesus and raised him from the dead. The Lord Jesus had declared, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Lord Jesus had said, no one takes my life. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. John 10 and verse 18. Jesus had said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus had declared that the tomb of Lazarus I am the resurrection and the life. And sure to his word, he rose again with power on that resurrection Sunday. Do you know what was the conclusion of this miraculous event? The Bible says the chief priests were perturbed with what happened. And they gathered a group of leaders. And the Bible says they paid money and they spread a rumor. When the gospel of Matthew was being recorded, the Bible says that that rumor was still in play among the Jews. It says that that rumor is present to this day. And that's the time when the gospel of Matthew was being recorded. Talk about fake news. You may think fake news is a problem of the 21st century. Fake news has been around for a long time. The chief priests and the leaders of the Jews could not handle 
the miraculous event of the resurrection. So they hire people to spread this news that the disciples came and took the body of Jesus. Do you know something? The resurrection is something that the natural mind cannot comprehend. The natural mind cannot accept the things of the spirit. They are foolishness to them. You know, when Paul, the apostle, was preaching at Mars Hill in Athens, people were listening carefully to everything that he said. This was the seed of learning of Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. They had heard many speakers come and speak. The Bible says when Paul preached about the resurrection of Jesus, they mocked him. And even to this day, those with a natural mind, those whose eyes have not been illuminated to this truth, still can't comprehend how is it that an event of such magnitude actually happened. This morning, I want to draw three proofs to the skeptics and then draw three applications for the believers. So allow me to draw three proofs to the skeptics and then three applications for you and me who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that after the resurrection of Jesus, the day of worship changed. We know that the Jewish people worshipped from Friday evening to Saturday evening, the Sabbath. The Bible records for us in Acts 20 and verse 7 that from that day, on the first day of the week, what was the significance of the first day of the week? Jesus rising from the dead. The Jewish believers, the very first set of believers, started worshipping on a different day. This was different because this was not something that was being done by the Jews. They were doing something radically different. The Bible says even on the Isle of Patmos, John the Beloved was full of the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Sunday became the day of worship. And Sunday became the Lord's Day. That was a change that happened after the resurrection. Not a small change, but a very significant change. The second truth that I want to bring to the skeptics is the fact that Church history records for us that every single apostle out of the 12 that followed Jesus, except John the Beloved, every single one of them became a martyr for the sake of the gospel. What was the rumor that was spread among the Jews? The disciples came and stole the body of Jesus. Consider this with me. If the disciples had stolen the body of Jesus, when 
they were facing the penalty of death for proclaiming about Jesus the Messiah, any one of them could have recanted and said, you know what, we cooked up this story. Let me spill the beans. Let me go. I recant. I take back what I said. Jesus never rose from the dead. But do you know something? Every single apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ willingly laid down their life for the sake of the gospel. They became martyrs for presenting the gospel. Why is it? Because they were deeply convinced of this miraculous event called the resurrection. The day of worship changed. The apostles laid down their lives. The first eyewitnesses laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. And the third proof that I want to give to the skeptics is this. Jesus had said in his lifetime, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Guess what? Kings, emperors, empires, kingdoms, different people tried to obliterate the church. But the last 2000 years, is testimony to the fact that the risen Lord, the head of the church, the head of the church is not an individual, it's not a human being, but it's Christ himself. The head of the church who promised to build his church continues to build his church even today. And that for me is proof of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Three proofs to the skeptics. The day of worship changed. The, mart the 12 apostles became martyrs. The existence of the church of Jesus is evidence enough that Jesus rose from the dead. Now I want to come to the second part of the title. I focused on come and see. Now I would like to focus on go and tell. I want to draw three applications to you and me as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first application that I would like to bring to us is the reality that we don't need to fear death. Death has lost its sting. Death has been conquered. Do you know the Bible calls death the final enemy? 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be defeated is death. Death is not just the enemy of man, of humanity. Death is also the enemy of God because God is the author of life. Life comes from him. In him is life. 
He is the life giver. Death was not part of the original intent of God. Death entered this world because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Life is restored because of the obedience of the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that the last year has been a difficult year globally? Around the world, people have encountered loss and pain because of this pandemic. In the midst of this pandemic, with fear in every quarter, you and I, as followers of Jesus, can look straight at death and say, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? 28 years ago, my father went to be with the Lord. 25 years ago, my mother went to be with the Lord. I remember standing at their tomb and wondering what verse to put. And I remember the Lord laid this verse on my heart. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? I want you to think about this phrase, the sting of death is gone. Do you know why the sting of death is gone? Because death has been conquered. The first fruit of the resurrection is the Lord Jesus Christ. With his resurrection, we have proof that we who die in Christ will be raised again. And so the true believer does not fear death. He's able to say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We are not afraid of death. The fear of death has been vanquished. I want to illustrate this. I'm not particularly fond of snakes. I want to say this, that if a snake were to come into this room, I would probably be one of the first people to exit. And I am certain there are many of us who are not particularly fond of snakes. You can tell me that it is non-poisonous, but that does not matter. I am not very particular to be in the same room where a snake is. But if I were to tell you that this snake has been defanged, that the poison sack has been removed. Now, when you see that snake, you realize that that snake does not have a sting anymore. It is powerless. It has been defanged. The poison sack has been removed. That is what happened on that Easter morning when Jesus rose from the dead. The sting of death has been removed. Every true follower of Jesus does not fear death anymore. We are able to say, because he lives, I will live. Because he rose from the dead, 
I will rise from the dead again. So the first application that I want all of us to take back on this Resurrection Sunday is we don't need to fear death. Now I'm not saying be careless and overconfident, overzealous and don't wear a mask and don't take precautions because we don't need to fear death. I believe God has an appointed time for each of us. Do everything, be wise, be careful. But bottom line, don't fear death. Death has been vanquished. Death has been defeated. If you have lost a loved one, don't grieve without hope. The Bible does not say don't grieve. The Bible says don't grieve like people who have no hope. Grieve with hope. Knowing that we will see our loved ones again. For many, Easter is about Easter eggs and bunny rabbits. But when you lose a loved one, suddenly you recognize the meaning, the true meaning of Easter. Easter becomes the anchor of our soul. The resurrection becomes the bedrock of our faith. We suddenly cling on to this realization that Jesus rose from the dead and we will see Every loved one that has gone before us who believed in Jesus, we will see them again. We understand the significance of Easter. It moves from just a meal or just some Easter bunnies or Easter chocolates and starts becoming a reality. The anchor of our soul, something that we can hold on to. Dear brothers and sisters, in the midst of great fear and trepidation, let us carry this message of the one who conquered death and who lives forevermore. So the first application, we don't need to fear death anymore. We know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That when the time comes and when we close our eyes on this planet for the last time, we will open our eyes in the very presence of our risen Lord, the Lord whom we love and the Lord whom we worship. Don't live in fear of death. Death has been vanquished. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The second application that I want to bring to us is that we have a unique message. No one else in this world has conquered death. We have to proclaim this message boldly. That invitation of the angel, come and see. Go and tell. Was not just true for the first century believers who were standing at that grave. It's true for us in the 21st century. Because there are millions of people who are yet to hear this message that Jesus is risen. I want to share a part of my father's life. My father hailed from a Syrian Orthodox church, was part of the Jacobite church in Kerala. At the age of 16, he left home and came to Calcutta and spent the next 16 years in a, in a way that was anti-God. He was an atheist. 
and he mocked anyone who spoke about God. The irony was this. Despite being born in a Christian home, he had never heard about the resurrection. And I find that very ironical. Back home in Kerala, where he was growing up, he saw three pictures of Jesus. Jesus in the hand of his mother. Jesus with a crown of thorns looking down. And Jesus on the cross. These were the three pictures that he saw as a child growing up. And in his mind, he said to himself, what a sad thing to do to this wonderful man. But at the age of 32, suffering from severe rheumatism, at that time an alcoholic, he went to a meeting in Park Circus Maidan, October 30, 1965. There was an evangelist from New Zealand who was preaching the gospel. He sang a song, Jesus is alive. His is the blood that ransomed me. His is the power that sets me free. His is the life that is given to me. Jesus is alive. As my father heard this song, he wondered, this is foolishness. How can somebody who died 2,000 years ago be alive? He could not accept that. But on that day, at the end of the service, the evangelist invited those who were suffering with any sickness. He said, maybe your doctors have given up on you. Try Jesus. And my father, who was a skeptic, a confirmed atheist, somebody who made fun of people who believed in any religion, walked forward. And this evangelist laid hands and said these words in the name of Jesus, be healed. That day, the resurrected Jesus healed my father. Instantly, he was healed of acute rheumatism. And that was the turning point. He gave his life to Jesus. A few months later, started attending the Assemblies of God Church in Calcutta. Was discipled by Dr. Mark Buntain. Went to Bible college, resigned his job, gave up his business. Became a, a servant of the Lord. For the next 28 years, traveled across the nation of India. And to different parts of the world, proclaiming. The resurrected power of Jesus. God gave him and my mother the privilege of establishing 30 different churches. They were into church planting before they went to be with the Lord. The power of the resurrected Lord touched my father. And I'm baffled. How could someone be born in a Christian home and not even hear of the resurrection of Jesus? Do you know, brothers and sisters, that this message is as relevant today than ever before? Necessity is laid on you and me. Woe unto us if we don't preach this message. I love the words of Jesus on the Isle of Patmos. 
when he appeared to John and said these words, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. But now look, I am alive forevermore. I hold the key of death and Hades. Do you know no one else has ever said these words? I was dead. But now I am alive forevermore. Confucius never said this. Buddha never said this. Rajneesh Osho never said this. Satya Sai Baba never said this. Jesus of Nazareth said this. I was dead. But now I am alive forevermore. And that's the reason you and I as followers of Jesus can boldly declare he's risen. And we respond by saying he's risen indeed. The first application that we want to take back today is we don't need to fear death. Death has been vanquished. The second application that I want to bring to us today is we have a unique message. Proclaim this message boldly. Every time you see people who are captivated by fear, tell them we have a risen savior. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future. Life is worth the living just because he lives. Let me come to the third and final application. Pastor Sunny spoke about this while he was leading worship. And I want to reiterate this to us today. God can and God will raise anything that is dead in our life when we look to him. I've met people who have said, my son, nobody can change. My husband, nobody can change. My marriage, there is no hope. My job situation looks hopeless. Or maybe you're saying my business has been terribly hit. I want to say this to you today with the authority of God's word. God has the ability to quicken and bring to life anything that is dead in your life. Look to him. Do you know something? Jesus's life is bracketed by two impossibilities. I want you to capture this. Jesus's life is bracketed by two impossibilities. A virgin's womb and an empty tomb. A virgin's womb and an empty tomb. We celebrate the virgin's womb every time we celebrate Christmas. Every time you and I celebrate Easter, Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate that empty tomb. 
anything that is dead in your life that you are saying there is no hope lift your eyes to the life giver he can quicken the dead and call those things which are not as if it is there he is able to do it even today this resurrection sunday take that with you as you go through the week look to the lord and say i know you are my redeemer we sang that song my redeemer lives do you know when those words were penned or when those words were declared when job had lost everything when worms were eating into his body maggots eating out of his wounds in that terrible condition job declares these words i know my redeemer lives he will stand on the latter day and though after my flesh worms destroy this body yet in my flesh i will see god we have the assurance that we have a living redeemer hold on to that i like the way peter larson pens these words jesus entered the world through a door marked no entrance and jesus left the world through a door marked no exit death could not hold him the grave could not silence him he lives forever and ever what a assurance we have as followers of jesus i want to bless each one of you with this assurance look to the lord the same power that raised jesus from the dead is the same power that resides in you and me and when you look at that impossible circumstance today would you turn and say my lord conquered death i'm not afraid death has been vanquished oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory have a blessed resurrection sunday amen